Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Arrow on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Arrow on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at standtargetpodcast.com or on Twitter at. John Wright 777. And Chris Wright 250. Did you, you forget to record? I did forget to hit the record button for a second there, but now it's going and we're good to go. Okay. So. Cool, cool. Um, so, so we're talking about Arrow, episode two. Season titled three. Sarah. Yeah. Um, so Sarah's dead. Dude, that was nuts. Okay, so the beginning of this episode, it was I was I was wondering how they would handle it. It's like, you know, at the end of last episode, we had um, we had Laurel finding like basically getting uh, her sister killed right in front of her and finding her body. Yep. And I was wondering what in the world is she going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Bring it to a hospital. What does she do here? I, yeah, I honestly, like whenever we opened up and we're in the, uh, the arrow cave, I honestly thought that, um, I thought that we were going to have like a bunch of cops and like Quentin was going to find out. And like, we were going to have like this big, huge public ordeal. As you I would thought. normally expect whenever someone gets like three arrows to the chest. But I had also forgotten, you know, like, um, Is she supposed to be dead? She's supposed to be dead, and no one really knew she was alive except for her family and Oliver. For um, sure. So, yeah, like, like all of this episode was dealing with that, as it rightly should. Like, she's a major character, and um, it's I, it still shocks me, like, a little bit, you know, like, how uh, how big of a... A, an event this was like first and second episodes like this is a heavy thing to deal with one episode into the season my goodness dude it was uh it what's interesting to me is they set this up very much like a film would set something up um by creating in the first however percentage of the movie they will create this situation that's the inciting incident for everything that happens afterwards put every single character into chaos with one action and that's exactly what they did here and what that's interesting is because like we had this whole time where like the end of last season we just resolved a bunch of things aside from like the Thea situation um we'd resolved a bunch of things and so we were all kind of on the same team we were all buddy buddy we were all you know on working towards the same goal yeah. whereas now whenever immediately whenever Sarah gets killed there's this uh, just a sh- world shattering kind of view here where Felicity is, is dealing with it in her way where Laurel's obviously dealing with it in some crazy way mm-hmm. where Diggle's dealing with it in his way and Oliver's dealing with it in his way. And so you have all of these characters reacting to the same situation in completely different ways. Right. Um, and, and whenever uh, Quentin is going to find out who knows when that's going to be, right. uh, he's going to react in a completely different way. So I love that they set this up that way where this season it's it's viewed as this huge arc is in my mind like so far these two episodes have been an arc and uh and we'll see where they go with this we'll see if we're on the hunt for uh sarah's killer all season we'll see if maybe that's mid-season finale i'm not sure how long do you think they can get out of this thing or do you think this is going to be something that's buzzing in the background for a while i don't think that we'll deal with it immediately i don't think like next episode we're not going to pick up you know with him still looking for her, her killer like i think it will be on the back burner for sure um I did uh, read some, an interview with uh, one of the executive producers uh, this week, okay. and s- the uh, Katie Lotz um, is was signed on for three episodes this season. So we've had the first episode, and I'd, okay. I guess her laying on a slab probably is one other episode. Maybe unless they had like a uh, some sort of a mannequin made of her. I mean, no, I mean no. That was a per- <laughs> I think that was her. Yeah. Um, 
And so then we get one more, and which is probably going to be in a flashback sequence, I would assume. Yeah. And so that will probably be whenever they deal with like her killer and things like that. Or it could, you know, be deal with something else completely. Um, it was interesting that I, I retweeted something that Mark Guggenheim, one of the one of the producers of the show, had had tweeted today, and it was an interview with Tommy. Um, and it was talking about how, you know, how it feels to basically be killed off, uh, on a television show. And mm-hmm. like he, he had a three-year contract. Did um, he really? He did. What? And they realized that, that it just wasn't working, that the whole love triangle between him and oh Oliver gosh, and, and Laurel just wasn't working. So like everybody's theory at the begin at the end of season one was that we were going to kill Laurel. But then they killed Tommy yeah. um, to eliminate him from the equation and that sort of situation. Which, so, I mean, they're, you know, uh, Oliver and Laurel's relationship never went anywhere really anyway. Well, and they didn't know what to do with her in season two because no. it seemed like that was where they were going was they were going to kill her character. But then they opted the opposite way to kill Tommy. Tommy. And, uh, and, and so it ended the whole love triangle situation, which I appreciate because, like, that's not who Oliver is. That's really not what... Arrow as a show became at the end of uh, right. season one. It's not really the tone that the fans even wanted to, to have. Right. Um, and so they opted to to make sure that like Felicity was a main main member of the team and to start playing that angle up. Uh, whereas there's this kind of like will they won't they between them, and then to eliminate kind of that love triangle situation between those three. But yeah, he got killed off, but he came back this week, which was awesome to see him again in the yeah. flashbacks. Oh yeah, um, it's really interesting because he was in the season like what was the mid season finale last year? He was in one episode and some flashbacks last season, or not in some flashbacks. He was in Oliver's mind. That's what it was. Was that the uh, mid-season? Uh, that was near the mid-season. I know it might have been one of the ones just after that, uh, where he was fighting with you know all these people in his mind and stuff. Um, but man, man, that seems like such a long time ago. It does seem like a long time ago. Yeah, a lot uh, of stuff's yeah, happened. Yeah, I, like I always loved Tommy's character, and I liked him, you know, like as um, Oliver's best friend because no one else on the team really even fulfills that right now. No, like no one knows him and has known him since birth, and knows how he acts, and knows you know, like even though Tommy wasn't the best connected, you know, with him as the Arrow, yeah. he still knew who he was, right? And uh, that's I think um, to some extent. Uh, Thea does, but she just has chosen just to push Oliver completely away. I was about to point out that uh, Thea, this episode, it was interesting that it's obvious that nobody really connects with Oliver on that level. Right. Because he kept asking for Thea. He kept trying to call her. He kept reaching out to her and not understanding why she wasn't, you know, coming to him whenever he needed it. Um, And I guess like, okay, so I will say this. Okay, so I watched the first, uh, the season premiere. Yeah. Three times, okay? Mm-hmm. But I watched it twice before we recorded last episode, mm-hmm. and I watched it a third time after. Mm-hmm. And at the third time, I was kind of like just barely kind of paying attention. You know, it was just kind of like on in the background. I was like, all right, let me just revisit this one more time, see if I missed anything. And I did. I missed where they referenced what Thea was doing. Like, the, they, I, they referenced Thea in that first episode, and so I was wrong. They kind of have a sort of halfway explanation. Where do they think she's at? Well, Oliver, uh, and it's what's obvious at the end of this episode is that Oliver doesn't really know what's going on. Well, I know he doesn't, but like he thinks that she's traveling or whatever. Right. But what, like, what did they say? I don't remember that from the first episode either. Basically, they got a, he got a text from her, and Diggle reads Oliver the text. He's like, he's like, ah, it's from Thea. She says she's on some beach somewhere or whatever. And uh, and Oliver goes, he's like, I keep telling her to send pictures. I don't know why she's not sending pictures or. Calling. When was this in the show? It was at the very very beginning, whenever everything was all hunky dory and we're Team Arrow. Yeah, I don't. It, remember that it at all. It barely passes by. That's why like I missed it the first couple episodes or the first uh, first couple viewings. Wow. So Yeah. Looks like the stream yeah. might have uh, The stream stream's bad. It's as bad. It's a big 
for some reason. It's, it's back big, up now. It's a it's a it's a big uh, bold <laughs> capital all letters. caps bad bad streaming status bad. So I apologize if the streaming status is bad. Yeah, we could just look like little blobs. Um, <laughs> who knows? Uh, so yeah, like, and and I really like. Man, I don't know. You know, whenever Thea comes back, it's going to be awesome. Dude, it's going to be nuts. Whatever happens. She's amazing. She's a great character. And uh, to bring her back in and see, like, because obviously Oliver, I didn't realize that Oliver didn't know that she was super mad at him. Yeah. Um, last season. And so, like, because I assumed that Roy would have told him. He's on the team. He's, like, he's working with yeah. him. He's jumping on top of, uh, or he's doing front flips in the street in front right. of, you know, vehicles. So... I don't know. I, I just would have assumed that in the interim, Roy would have told him. I wish we would have almost had Roy uh, holding back that note last week to explain why Oliver isn't hunting Thea down and, and talking to her like you yeah. know, like family. I had honestly forgot that she had written that note um, because that was in like, I don't even think that was the finale. That was the episode before the finale. And it was in the midst of all this chaos going on yeah. and uh, totally forgot about it. Um, that was, and that was before she ran, wasn't that before she ran off with her father? Yeah. I mean, that was, that the, was both we, she, she was just going to leave just for the sake of leaving. Right. Yeah. That's whenever she was going to leave with him and then he didn't show up Which, and he couldn't be there. I don't for know why her, she's then, created this kind of cover story with Oliver other, I guess, other than to keep him from chasing. Him. I don't know if she has, maybe uh, her father has, maybe he's Malcolm? like, yeah, Malcolm has been, you know, maybe he's like, I want, I want to be able to train her and, to, you know, without the interference of. Yeah, him, you know that's possible. Um, yeah, so there was that whole situation. I wanted to I wanted to point out that I was a little bit wrong, but I still hold to that. If Oliver had no, excuse me, if Oliver had known that she was mad at him and she was out there in the world, yeah, he would have gone to hunt her down. So right. it's like I'm glad that that's sure. all explained. Well, let's go back for a second to the repercussions of Sarah being dead. Oh my goodness! So uh, the immediate reaction is. Oliver's going to go look for this guy and uh, Laurel's really, really ticked off. And I really, I honestly, for the first time, I I liked that aspect of Oliver where he um, has gone through the process of like, should I kill these people or should I not or whatever? And like, and he stops her, but without it being heavy handed. Like the thing I didn't like about season two, whenever he would be like that was that it was very, very heavy handed. Um, and seemed very at odds with who he was in season one. So it's like, this yeah. is not necessarily his character. But it was cool seeing him talk her out of killing who she thought the uh, the perp was. Yeah. And uh, really legitimizing it in her mind without being like, I used to kill people, but now I don't. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so that was cool. That was really nice. And I liked, I liked the whole where he's kind of talking her down as opposed to someone else talking him down. Yeah. Like he is great in that role. Um, well, some, the, you remember like last season he would talk Sarah down. That's true. Okay? And it would be very heavy handed. That's true. And so like, that's why I, yeah. uh, I enjoyed the way it went across this. They've timer. gotten good at that dialogue. They've, they've practiced. <laughs> they've done it a lot. <laughs> Um, something I did want to bring up the, the conversation that Diggle Diggle wasn't like heavily featured in this episode. No. Um, but every scene that he is in, no matter what episode you talk to me about mm-hmm. is 
one of my like they're all my favorite scenes. Yeah, I love. I remember whenever he came on the screen, I was like, "Yes, Diggle, dude!" And like his whole conversation with Oliver, where he's like, "Oliver, I get it. You know, you're trained. You know, this is you're taking a military perspective about this. You're mm-hmm. uh, you're trying to focus on the tax task at hand, so you avoid the grieving process." And mm-hmm. and he's like, "But let yourself go, you know." And and basically serving once again as the Diggle priest, essentially of of like the teams, you know, either people are confessing to him and and he's giving him advice and stuff. So he's like kind of that background character that helps them out a lot. Um, but I did love that scene and the way that he put it to Oliver. Um, and it exemplified again, how different these people are. Yeah. Like I'm not a huge fan of Diggle, the, uh, the advisor. Yeah. I'm more a fan of Diggle, the sidekick, you know, like, yeah. I like what he has to say. And I think he, he, you know, he's a, a smart guy. He's very intelligent. He knows what he's talking about, but I think that's what makes him a good sidekick to, I mean, no one else. Like, you think about Felicity. She's just so young. Like, she's emotionally immature, and she's she's never been in this kind of situation before. Everything is new to her. Yeah, and she's like a stand-in for us, like we've said before. Right. So that way, like, everything that she experiences is just the first time she's ever experienced it. Roy is brand new to this. Like, he, he yeah. didn't even go through, like, you know, they talked about last season where, like, everyone has to go through their own island or whatever like that. They're crucible. Sure. Fine you still weren't on the island and didn't go to like what? what I mean, five was, years. Well, five, five years, but years. like you think about where he's at now, he's in Hong Kong. He's had other training that we don't know about yet. You know, two more years worth of training. We don't know about yet. Yeah. And that Roy never had. So he's yeah. still pretty young and new at this. And then you have, um, you had Sarah, she's gone. So now I guess you kind of have, uh, Laurel who's going to take her place eventually. Uh, she's brand new to this. I still Who's don't left? I still don't think that Laurel will necessarily take that mantle uh, until at least maybe the last episode of the season. I really I hope they don't kind of shoehorn her in. Um, right. and, and again, like I try to monitor like the Twitter sphere as the the episode goes on. Um, and there, there's very mixed feelings and there always has been mixed feelings about Laurel as a character. Um, and I think it was probably because she was mishandled a lot last season, especially yeah. because and the writers admitted they really didn't know what to do with her. Right. Um, they for the first half of last season. Right. So she was just kind of in this limbo. And so I think because of that, the viewing audience views her as this kind of, I don't know, wishy-washy character where it's like, this is the best we've seen uh, I mean, Laurel be. Like this is the, the, the most normal interactions we've seen from her. But we are, have so much more, so many more episodes where it was weird and awkward yeah. and strange that this is like a drop in the bucket. You know, yeah. we're going to have to have a lot more of her being cool for me to be okay with her uh, officially joining the team. I, yeah, I agree with that. And like, and I'm not saying like I'm just saying it's going to happen. Yeah, like, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. No, for like, sure. And I'm glad. Like, I was almost afraid. Like in the middle of this episode, remember she like you know was getting all gung ho. I was afraid she. Oh man, they're going to freaking make her the canary like right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad they didn't do that. Give her the you jacket. Know? Exactly. And I know Oliver's smarter than that. Like it would be very out of character for Oliver. You know, like with all he put Roy through to then automatically just let Laurel. Th- be on the team whenever she just, you just, Oh, I want to be on the team. That's you know? true. Um, and it did take a whole season for Roy to even be on the show, like to be in the team, it'd be on the team. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, well he had other issues, but you know, like Marikuru. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting my original point with this, uh, where I was going with her. Um, I, I was saying how like people have mixed feelings about her. No, I'm talking about before that. Oh, before that. Um, sorry. Uh, I totally derailed us. <laughs> it's all good. I don't remember though. So anyway, I really like, you know, I don't know. Did you like her in this episode though? Or did you not? Cause like, there's a lot of people that were like, while this is the best we've seen her, I still don't like her in this. 
I thought it was true to the character. Like it was very, it was in character for her to react the way she does. Okay. Um, I thought it was a little heavy um, for for her to react uh, in the way that she did in terms of like at the I forget what she was saying there at the oh it was at the grave whenever she was just saying this this is not right this is not right this is not right I'm like what is not right like I understand like she shouldn't be dead like yes but she said it's not fair. She said both. She yeah, said it's she not said fair that. and it's right. not right. That's right. Because that was the first thing she said to Oliver whenever they saw her. And I agree. It's not there. fair. Life's not fair. You know, that's like that, that's that's being harsh. But yeah. Um, but whenever she said this is not right, it's kind of like, well, she's an assassin. Like what? I almost want to be like, what did you expect, Laurel? Right. Like she even she's she's not even like on the good side of things like Oliver is. No. You know, she's off with assassins. Yeah. Like straight up assassins. This is going to happen. Yeah. Um. So. I don't know. I also don't do you I, do you how do you feel about uh Detective Lance not knowing? Dude, I think that that's it, it Laurel wouldn't have told him. Like you look at like her keeping all of her alcohol problems oh, from yeah. him and it's like Well she it, lied to him this episode. Yeah, and it makes sense that she would lie to him. But again, I, I feel like this is this show is great at putting characters into pressure situations and then showing you what they do, that they're great at reactions, um, which is why it, to a certain extent, I felt like the, the death of Canary wasn't the biggest, uh, the most impactful thing. It was the reaction that everybody has to the death of Canary. That is the impactful thing. But, it, but, but the reaction where she says, okay, in this situation, do you lie or do you tell the truth? Mm-hmm. And she goes to lie. Well, I think they like they implied that she was afraid of, well, if I tell him he hasn't taken his pills, he's going to have a heart attack. Yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. all just excuses anyway. I know right it's now. excuses, but she doesn't need more than like two seconds of an excuse for t- to, to, to jump keep on this it. from her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She just needs like, she's grasping at straws. Um, do you think Oliver will tell her? Or tell him. Um, or I think, how do you think he'll find out? So I think that Oliver will just assume that she told him. Mm. Um, I don't know if they'll do that. You don't think so? No. Like, there will be... I bet you um, it is. it, like, happens in the episode where they go up against this killer. Okay. And somehow he finds out that Sarah's dead. And Oliver either has to restrain him from... Uh, Talk just him down again. Talk, yeah, talk him down like he always does because he's a hot-headed detective. <laughs> um, or, or he'll have a heart attack right then and there. I mean, I, I was just just thinking about that. Like, what if you know he this puts him into like some kind of like bedridden state and uh, and and it's Laurel's fault. Laurel, basically, that's what spurs Laurel on to becoming the canary. I don't know. I could see I could see any of that happening, um, and I would believe any of that. Like I would believe that happening. I would believe that he could be talked down by him. And I don't know. It's like there's a lot of options here. And again, I don't think we're going to see that for at least until the mid season. Yeah. Um, oh, and I agree with that. I, 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 again, I'm not saying any of this yeah. is happening soon. Yeah. Okay. So Ray Palmer. Yeah. Um, what What do you think the What's that guy's deal? <laughs> What's up with this guy? Um, I, I I literally don't like he didn't he, they he didn't live in Starling City before now, did he? Nope, just moved here. So then why is he being all benevolent, being like oh, I am a citizen of the city? I'm giving away half my wealth. You know what I'm thinking? What? It's the arrow. I bet you he is here f- either for good or for ill. 
he's here for the vigilante. Right. Like he's, he said, okay, that's a place where I can get on board with what that vigilante is doing mm-hmm. or the opposite of that, where he's like, I'm coming here for, cause it's like, that's going to attract, like we've talked about before, like, like Batman's universe, it attracts a certain type of people just as much as it's driving people out in droves. Like we mentioned last episode, um, it's also attracting, uh, a different type of crowd that's either going to challenge him or going to help him or whatever. It's like, we already had Barry Allen show up last season looking for him looking for him so yeah. why not you know i agree with that um i just don't get his agenda you know i also like as felicity would be super creeped out with this oh, guy dude he's totally like almost stark stalker level oh he's definitely stalker level i mean it's it's like restraining order that really fast it's so weird it's very um, strange like and i also want wonder what the uh the push behind changing the city's name to star city is like i understand that's what it is in the comics it's fine but it's always in starling city like why change it now Uh, i think maybe to make it a plot point um to make it a plot point to line up more with the comics and to create more of a dc universe and to to basically more bringing in more parallel with that universe versus like just a you know uh, extra world or something yeah. like that. So I think that they're trying to position themselves before some of the, uh, the DC movies come out and things to be the definitive version of the DC universe. Well, so, uh, something interesting happened this week in that, uh, DC outlined its slate of movies for, uh, through, I guess like, I think it was 2020, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then they definitively said the TV universe is not a part of this. Yeah. Like, and in fact, they announced a flash movie. Yep. Uh, for like four years from now or something a different like flash. that. A different flash. So we're going to have like two versions of the flash. What do you think about this, Chris? I don't like it. I mean, I've always been vying for like a joined universe between them. And I thought that that, like, you know, you think about the way Marvel's, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. plays with their movies and that's, that strengthens, like that's the only good thing about the that, that show. Like that's the only thing that makes me want to watch that well, thing. Well, that's the only reason why it exists now, I think. It, it still exists. Like it's a good show. It really is. Like I like watching it every week and, uh, and, and I, you know, I enjoy it. But the reason that most people are invested in it is because mm-hmm. it's tied to the Marvel Universe right. uh, that they know. Um, but they can't really do some things. Like they're held back from doing some things because they don't want to paint the cinematic universe into a corner. So they basically are are being held back from bringing in big main Marvel characters. Uh, And whenever you do see those Marvel characters, they're the same ones from the movies. And so they cost more. So it happens very less frequently. Whereas in, I think the unique position that having them separate with the DC universe Mm -hmm. gives us is gives us an opportunity to have two completely different takes on it. But, on the television show, which is obviously what you watch more and more, it's got more hours, got more, more backstory, everything. Um, you can actually do some cool stuff with it as opposed to these smaller level stories or like trying to be covert teams. I mean, it, you can, you can blow up cities, you can bring in Superman, you can do whatever you want now because they've definitively separated them and freed up your budget. So you're not going to be painting them into a corner. I mean, I, yeah, I understand that. I still don't like it in terms of, you know, like, let's go back to Smallville for a second. You know, you bring in these characters and it's just like, well, that was dumb. Like, you bring in Doomsday and that's not the way it should play out. Why does it play out like that? Because it's a television show on the CW, yep. you know? And so, like, I don't I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily see it as like that as a benefit necessarily. 
it's interesting, you know, in the fact that like, well, no, this is like, you know, I've always held that hope that, you know, in Justice League or something like that, that uh, Stephen Amell shows up as the arrow. That would be in the, at the end. Like that'd yeah. be super cool. The post scene, like post credit scene. Yeah. Um, but you know, just in my dreams now. We'll see. Um, it would we be interesting. See anything. Well, it would be interesting <laughs> if, uh, if unless they're lying to us. Well, unless they're lying to us, but I don't think they are. Um, unless like they have a team up thing happen where like you know where in the comics you have Earth two that invades Earth one or or like the sh- you know the whole collision of universes type situation. Yeah. That would be hilarious if you have like Flash from the the TV and then Flash team up sometimes. Yeah, I just don't think DC has their like this is the most together they've ever been. You know, like they actually have they have two TV shows that are working together. They have now a cinematic universe they haven't really created. We've only had one, the first movie of the cinematic universe, but they they they're trying to craft it. You know, it's like this is the most I still don't trust that. This is the most put together that DC's ever been. Okay. But then I think about things like the Green Lantern and things like uh Jonah Hex. And, and think about who's in charge of like these current movies with right, like Zack uh, Snyder. With, with yeah, Zack Snyder and David Goyer and like yeah. that whole gang that I don't trust whatsoever. I feel like David Goyer is, is like has his hands in all of them. <laughs> and that's such a bad yeah. idea. I really don't like David Goyer. Yeah. But you know, well, I don't know. Like in terms of the TV universe, I really love where Arrow's at. I really love where Flash is at. Like their interplay together is great. I hope they break more out. I hope the new Supergirl, you know, show on CBS um, kind of relates to it. Yeah, we'll see. They're owned by the same parent we've, organization. Yeah, I was about to say we've talked about that before. Yeah, so like that would be, dude, man. Can Supergirl shows up in uh, in a big crossover event between Supergirl, Flash, and uh, the Arrow. Arrow. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So cool. Yeah. Um, Mind would be blown immediately. Last final thoughts on Sarah's death. Go. I'm really sad that she's gone. She will always, in my mind, be the definitive version of the canary in that universe. I realize that Laurel's that character in the comics, but honestly, Laurel, this character, uh, has never really been built for what Oliver does and what uh, what uh, Sarah did. She's not been built for that that world, that the assassin, the underbelly mm-hmm. of the city. She's not really built for that. She's built for the front front man, for the DA's office. Maybe we'll see her go through her crucible, as it were, and to become the canary this season. Um, so I would encourage like the writers, because she will take that mantle. She will. I would encourage the writers to to let's see her in some more situations. Let's see her get darker. Let's see her go, you know, the way of of the canary. So I mean we saw her today, um, this week break that guy's arm again, like in the hospital or whatever. So like, dark. and you know, she deals with the dark underbelly, you know, in, in the legal system. Like, yeah, that's true. So I think she's, you know, I, I think it was a telling thing whenever, um, her father came up to her and said, you know, are you okay? And she said, I'm okay. And he said, you just saw a guy get shot, shot through the chest with a bow and arrow. Like that's you true. shouldn't be okay. That's but true. That's the thing. She is okay. Because like you think about what she's seen over the past, you know, two seasons of the show, right like on. she's seen a lot of stuff. So I think she's getting to that point. Like, it's not like she's a newbie, you know, a, a, uh, and she's not new to this world, to the, um, criminal world that he deals with. So that's true. Um, what are your last thoughts on Canary's death? My last thoughts, like, yeah, I, uh, I really liked her as a character. I really liked uh, her as an actress. I, I, theirs was the most believable love story for Oliver. 
Um, and I really liked them being together. And it was the most, like, what's interesting is it had these flaws that endeared you to those characters and to that relationship all the more. Yeah. Um, that they, you know, they had these things, times whenever they would disagree where she'd want to kill somebody and he would not want her to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. And that made you believe it that much more. Um, man. Like, you know, her relationship to Detective Lance was, I think, stronger than his relationship to, um, to Laurel, just because, like... You know, he wanted her to be alive for so long, and she finally was. And he quickly learned to trust her. Like, yeah. you can't trust Laurel. He can't no. trust – no one can trust Laurel. She lies to everyone. Yeah, so – but she was very trustworthy. Like, she did what she said she was going to do, and uh, – And she, she wasn't ashamed about being an assassin either. No, not at all. So, really liked the character. Um, sad she's dead. Uh, was surprised by the fact she didn't get a, uh, a big funeral or anything, anything like that. Um, I thought it was, it's very clever to put her back in the grave that she had, uh, from before. Yeah. That's agreed. Great idea. It's genius. Like, no one's going to look for her there cause she's supposed to be there anyway. Yeah. It's <laughs> genius, man. I will say this. I tweeted out during the episode whenever, you know, you come in and, and it was the scene after, uh, she appears there on the table whenever Felicity is kind of taking her jewelry off and things. And I was saying, I, I tweeted out and said, I can't imagine how hard it would be to prepare your friend for their grave. Yeah. To, to, to be the one to pull the arrows out, to be the one to, to take off all the, the jewelry and the rings and make sure they're, you know, yeah. and to prepare them for ushering them into the grave. That would be the hardest thing. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, like that's why Laurel reacted in the way she did. And I felt like that scene was great. Like she felt very genuine and uh, she was legitimately sad, you know, like that came across very well. Yeah. Um, let's do some, uh, you want to do quotes or you want to hoods up, hoods down? Hoods up. This is definitely a hoods oh, up. Dude, it's for sure a hoods up. Yes. It's, it's not a hoods down for sure. Um, all right. So let's do some quotes here. Uh, we've got, so that's it. You're just going to spend your life down here in the cave waiting to die. I'm sorry, I'm not going to wait with you because there's one thing that today has taught me. It's that life is precious and I want so much more than this. Who said that? I was Felicity mm. to Oliver. Mm. And then uh, we have the, let me see, this one right here. We have uh, Laurel will know. This is Diggle around Sarah's grave. He says, Laurel will know. It, I don't, uh, I know this doesn't count for much, but me and Lila, we're naming our baby Sarah and we will never forget and then we have Oliver who says, John, I don't want to die down here. And Diggle says, so don't, Oliver. Good one. And to wrap it up, we have, she can rest now. She's home. Just just a heavy episode, man. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I will say, like, there There's was- still lots of good action. There was a quote that came to mind while I was watching, um, and it's from uh, Megan O'Rourke, and it says, if the condition of grief is nearly universal, its transactions are exquisitely personal. So, you know, you're dealing, like all the characters, they just dealt with it way differently, yeah. vastly different, you know, spectrums on how they dealt with the grief. Yeah, for sure. All right, so on that depressing note, <laughs> we're going to wrap up this episode. We have a Flash on Target as well. Head over to yep. stayontargetpodcast.com. The Flash on Target feed is actually in iTunes now, so you can yep. search for it and uh, subscribe there. You can also head over to our Twitter at stayontargetpod and, yep. uh, and uh, follow it there. Um, yeah, so we're also doing a review of Alien Isolation, the video game. Yep, on um, Stay on Target. On Stay on Target podcast, so the, the mainline podcast there. So. 
That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Arrow on Target. Target.